0: Uh um, so how much is that? Um
1: Welcome to the Podcast Editors Mastermind, the show about the business of podcast editing. I'll will be your lovely host tonight. I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can uh Find me at... No, that's the end of the show. Yeah, we can do that Uh, too. (laughs) From Yaya Podcasting. And joining me is...
0: Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio.
1: And we are welcoming tonight, first time on the show, and I don't know why, Bonnie Frank, who is a social media guru. She coaches entrepreneurs. She teaches them how to make money and how to build organic business. And she's the host of the Business Fabulous podcast, which you should definitely be subscribed to and watch her live streams and her TikToks because they're really informative.
2: Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
1: I am so happy to have you. This episode is sponsored by the Podcast Editor Academy. Turn your DAW into dollars with everything they have to offer there. Thank you, Podcast Editors Academy, for helping us keep this show going. Now, tonight, we're going to talk about sales calls. Y'all talked about it last week. Uh, I wasn't part of that conversation, sadly, but it was really good. So, before you listen to this, everybody go listen to the episode before this so you can uh, learn some stuff and listen into the order we planned because I said so. <laughs> what
0: better reason do you need?
1: Yeah. So, honey, sales calls. I do have a question before we even get into sales calls. And that is what is your general philosophy about sales?
2: Most people are scared of sales, primarily women. Women are very anxious about sales. And people think that sales are like being a used car salesman. Like you have to be smarmy and, you know, trying to cheat people or take advantage of people at their most vulnerable time. And that's absolutely not what sales has to be at all. Sales is very simply, I mean, you know, the 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 key to business. If you want to know the absolute thing that's just the heart of business, it's very, business is very, very simple. People make it really complicated, but business is very simple. You have something to offer. You pick a price and you're offering this thing to people who want it and they buy it. That is business. That's it. You have things people want and they want it and they buy it. The problem comes when either you have something for sale that nobody wants, or you have something that is 100% saleable, but you're barking up the wrong tree. You're trying to sell it to the wrong audience. And then that's not going to have any sales either.
0: So, how do you know if you have something that nobody wants?
2: That happens for two reasons. One reason is you just create something and you have no idea. You don't even try to create it for a specific audience, right? You're not concerning. You're not considering your audience ahead of time. You're just creating. And trust me, that's how I started my business. I created two courses for absolutely nobody, and that's exactly who bought them. And I've taught, I had 20 years of teaching experience before. So it's not that the courses were bad. I just had no idea who to market them to because I didn't make them for anyone in particular. So no one in particular bought them. So that's one of the reasons that no one will buy. And the second reason, which happens much more often, that no one buys or very few people buy that you don't get the sales that you're anticipating or hoping for. Is because you have something good, which is what happens to most people. They have something good. They have something really compelling, but they don't know how to get their message out there. They don't know how to communicate what that thing is and why it is great because it probably is great. It's probably great content. It's probably wonderful, you know, production quality, wonderful sound, wonderful lighting, great content. It's probably perfect for their audience even. But if they can't communicate that, if they can't communicate that greatness, then it's lost. Then it's like they didn't even have a product in the first place or they do, but nobody's going to care because they don't know why to care they don't know why they should want that thing.
1: So I think this is that's a great segue into actually talking about sales calls because it's about communicating, right? So what are some common mistakes that people make when they're, you know, they get on the Zoom or the phone with a potential client. What are the mistakes that that they make?
2: Well, not preparing ahead of time is a big mistake, right? Not thinking ahead of time of what they're going to say, why that's an important thing to say. You know, that's kind of the different levels of the sales call, because a sales call is really nothing different than a story or any other conversation. You shouldn't really approach it with, you know, fear and trepidation and anxiety. It, you should feel, in my opinion, You should feel just as comfortable with sales calls as you would sitting down and having coffee with somebody at Starbucks. There should be no difference in terms of your level of anxiety or your level of comfort, in my opinion. If you really are confident about your abilities and you're confident about your products, programs, or services, whatever it is you're going to talk about, and this is key, you are in fact speaking to your target audience, to somebody in your target audience, there should be no problems. But sometimes the problem lies in they're not confident about the products, programs, or services. They're talking to somebody who really isn't in their target audience. So it's almost like you're getting them in a headlock and haranguing them into buying the thing because they shouldn't be buying it in the first place because it's not for them. or. It is the right person and you've got the great product, but you're not getting across the greatness. So I always use, for example, um, a course because a lot of people have courses. And if you have a course and it's eight modules, absolutely nobody on the planet, except for you, cares about that. You are the only person on the entire planet who will care that it has eight modules, You care because you worked so hard on each one of those modules. Nobody else cares. They want to know what's in it for them. And the fact that it's eight anythings doesn't mean anything to them. They want to know how it's going to help them, how it's going to transform them, how it's going to help them to get to the next level that they want to get to. What's in it for them?
0: I think that's huge to keep in mind. They're not buying what you're selling necessarily. They're buying the results of what whatever you're selling can get. I remember hearing the story about, I think I've said on the show before, it's about a clown. And on like his marketing, like his brochures, flyers, whatever, he never has pictures of himself dressed as a clown. It's always the children being happy and laughing at his performance. Because parents don't care about a clown. They care about their children. And so they're buying, you know, the children's, excitement and joy and all that. Yeah. So one thing to keep in mind is they don't care about the technical side of things. They don't care how you're going to EQ your, their show or any of that. They want to know like what the results are and how it's going to help them.
2: Exactly. And how are they going to feel at the end of this thing? How are they going to feel when they have the show back to them with the finished product? How are they going to feel when they finish the course? How are they going to feel when they you know, buy that pair of pants or wear that pair of pants to a special event, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's a product program or a service, what emotions are involved in there because emotions sell. And although people don't think about this, it is 100% true. Every decision you have ever made and will ever make is based on emotion. Every single one. And nobody, people argue with me all the time about this, nobody buys because of need. And I will argue this all day long. Nobody ever buys because of need. They buy because of want. Because even if they say, but I need a winter coat. Okay, first of all, you probably don't. You either have a winter coat or you've got more than one winter coat or you can borrow a winter coat, or you can wear three sweaters. You probably don't need a winter coat, but let's just pretend for a moment that you do. Okay. So now you go and you're going to go buy the winter coat that you need. You always are choosing between two items or among three or more. You always choose the one you want. Purchases are made from emotions and wants.
1: And i think the winter coat is a good example just because it's clothing because we buy clothing that makes us feel good it's we're not looking for a coat to keep us warm that's not the top of mind we're looking for something that when we put it on we're like damn.
2: <laughs> yes and that's why celebrities help us make those decisions Because in our crazy mind somewhere back there, we're like, I could kind of become her if only, right? Or I could be just like Mike if I buy those Air Jordans, that and 30,000 hours of practice.
0: So how do you figure out what are the emotions that your potential client is looking for? Whether or not they know what it is.
2: That gets to really knowing your target audience, and that comes from knowing your ideal client avatar. So an ideal client avatar or ICA, or if you're talking about podcasting, an IPL, ideal podcast listener, same thing. Ideal customer persona, same thing. They're all the same thing. It's the one person that you're talking to. So I always, for people who are not watching this live, I always take a finger and go down my nose, right? With the number one. It is one person that you are speaking to, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's through a blog post, whether it's on a TikTok video, doesn't matter what it is. You really are speaking to one person and you consistently need to continue speaking to that same exact one person. And when you do that, that's where you attract your target audience. So your target audience is like I go down my nose, that's the one person, and then out to the width of my shoulders and nothing more, not further than that. Further than that, those are the outliers. Those are the people who maybe once in a lifetime might buy something from you, but they're never going to buy again. They're not really interested in who you are, what you're about, or certainly what you have for sale. They just got on your list for some particular challenge that you had, and they're really not interested in anything else. Or they signed up for something because someone told them to, but they never opened any emails after that. For whatever reason, they're there, but they're an outlier. They're not your target audience. You don't need to worry about them because those people are not going to pay your bills. But your target audience, they will pay your bills. And your raving fans, those are the people who are buying more than once. If you can sell somebody once, you can sell them over and over and over. Research has shown that, and anyone who has sold things, even a lemonade stand, knows that to be true. But you have to really know, to answer your question, Daniel, you have to really know that one person. You have to really know your ideal client avatar, your ideal customer persona, your ideal podcast listener. And you have to know them well enough to know some people use pain points. I don't use pain points. We're not dying of incurable diseases over here. We're editing (laughs) podcasts and we're selling business courses. So this is, you know, these are some first world problems. So I don't really deal with pain points, but things that, you know, problem spots. Things that they have trouble with or things that they would really rather not be bothered by. Same thing. As far as they're concerned, it's the same thing, right? They have trouble. They want help in that with that thing. So you've got to know them well enough to know what they want help with, to know why they want the help and to know the emotions that they're feeling so that you know where they are now emotionally, and you know where they want to be emotionally. And where they want to be, that's what you create that gets them to that point. Your thing is the band-aid for their ailment.
1: That's why I wanted to have you (laughs) on (laughs) the show. That was great. Uh, So a little bit ago, you said that One of the biggest mistakes people make is that they're not prepared. What do you mean by that? Is it knowing who you're getting on the phone with or is it something else?
2: It's knowing who you're getting on the phone with, but knowing more than whatever they fill out on that Calendly, you know, form, right? More than that you should have gone to their website. You should have looked at their questions. You should have gone to their website. You should have checked out their social media. If they have a podcast, you should have listened to at least one episode, right? We all as podcasters, we can't stand when we're hit up by people who want to sell us things who have never listened to our podcast. Well, then how can we turn around and do the same thing to someone else, right? So we need to really know about them to be able to have a conversation that truly can help them because they are an individual. And when we start thinking about the people that we're talking to as individual, real, live human beings instead of numbers, that's where the sales will come. But it's when we get bogged down in, I need to sell five more. I need to make two more sales. I need to, and it's always a number, a number, a number. Or I haven't hit my quota this this you know quarter, or I need to sell seven more by Sunday because of some goal that you created out of the blue. And you know, when it's all about that, no, you will always be chasing sales. If that's where you're headed, You will always be chasing sales because you're not even considering the people as people before they get on the phone with you. Mm
1: -hmm. I would totally agree.
2: And I love
1: to be overprepared. So I, I do that and I recommend everybody do it just because it makes it also less awkward. And I feel like people are like, oh, you did your homework, right? And then they start to trust you a little bit more.
2: Because you've already shown that you truly care. Yeah. If you didn't care, you wouldn't prepare. That's a little poem. If you didn't care, you wouldn't have done anything. Right. And that, you know, sometimes that's the hashtag hard truth. It really is the truth. If you honestly cared, you would have done all those things. And you've got to, you know, nobody's going to care about somebody else's podcast more than them. Nobody else is going to care about somebody else's business, book, or child more than them. But you've got to at least try. And if people are getting on the phone with me and I, you know, and you know, within the first minute, I think less than a minute, but for sure, less, let's just be generous here and say within the first five minutes, you know whether or not that person has any idea what you do. And if they don't, think about, I mean, we've all been there. Think about how you feel. I feel horrible. I feel awful that this person didn't even try. They don't think enough of me to even look at any of my podcast episodes. I can't tell you how many people say, I would love to be a guest on your show. My show is a solo podcast and has been for 146 episodes. You didn't even try. You didn't even try.
1: Yeah, it's insulting, actually. It feels very insulting when people just don't do their homework. All right, so step one, prepare, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely taking notes on this one because... We've always kind of like gone with kind of going in blind. I can't remember like to have like a better, um, I don't even know what, where I was going to go with this, but yeah, definitely like I know for me, like we need to do more preparation throughout who the person is and like what they're looking for. Because typically the people we talk to don't have a show, so I can't like listen to their podcast, but I can definitely like look into what their business is, who they're targeting have a better idea of going into it, not only to show that you actually do care, but to also know how to communicate to them what you offer. Because you might offer the same thing, but how you communicate that to one type of client is going to be different than somebody else.
2: Exactly. And so you don't really offer the same thing.
0: Mm. (laughs)
2: You're not really offering the same thing. There's a reason why we gravitate towards certain people. There's a reason. There was something about them, something about the way they did it, something about the way they looked, something about the way they sounded, something about the way they dressed, something, something resonated with us. And that made us feel comfortable and nurtured and safe. And the others, not so much. So they're really not the same. That's like saying when you go to the grocery store and there's 35 different kinds of cereal, that's like saying they're all the same because they're all cereal. And let's just go to the section of the 17 that are chocolate. They're still not all the same, even though they're chocolate. Or go to oatmeal. They're not all the same. And even if the ingredients are the same, the way they produce it is not.
0: I love that. I'm hungry.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I grew up on sugared cereals, so.
1: I was thinking as you were talking about... um, you know, preparing Daniel. I was thinking that the the reason I started doing it had nothing to do with me wanting to make you know trying to be a good salesperson or anything. I was just like, who is this crazy person <laughs> that chose me, right? And I I was just literally nosy. Uh.
2: But but think about it. Let's say that they don't have a show yet. Let's say that they want to start a podcast. They don't have a podcast yet. Let's say that they're really not on social media very much. I bet you they've got a Facebook. I bet you, if nothing else, they have a personal Facebook account, if nothing else. And even if you're not Facebook friends, you can still look on there and see a small portion of some things that they have posted. And so you might see pictures of them with their children. You might see pictures of them with their cats. You might see pictures of them, and they're always doing some outside adventure, it looks like. Or maybe you see them knitting, or maybe you see you know them playing sports or something, something else. And you can draw on that because that is a real live human being who has a wealth. Of decades of experiences behind them before they ever hopped on the phone with you, and everything that brought us to today makes us what we are today. Same thing with them, and I think all of that stuff only helps. So it's good to be nosy. That's <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> but why wouldn't you want to know, right? Yeah. There's, n- I-, I think, there's no reason. Not to know, yeah, it's not going to help to not know, right, and it definitely could help to know,
1: yeah, and I discovered very quickly how helpful it was it really was, and it and oddly enough, it like made me more relaxed to have the call because I had an idea of of what that person was going to be like, and kind of the things that they you know wanted, especially if you listen to their podcast then you. You know, you already know what they need.
0: I want to hop to a question we got from a viewer. Um, This is from Kayla Wells. What would you say about having set packages as an editor? I mean, each show needs something different. However, we as service providers need to have some sort of consistency. How do we put those two things together?
2: So is this for me?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we yeah. can all kind of touch on okay. it.
2: Yeah. So, um, well, at the moment I'm editing my own podcast. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh. So I know. Do you need an editor? <laughs> I, I do. Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Mine is on a self-imposed hiatus that I didn't anticipate anyway. So, um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so many are. <laughs>
2: So uh yeah so you know having packages is great if you are really wanting to do this as a business and not a hobby then I don't think you should charge per hour because in my opinion and like I'm thinking as a consumer now as the podcaster as the consumer I don't care how long it takes you I don't even have any clue about how long is too long I just know what I want, and I know what it sounds like when you give it back to me. That's how much I know. Right? And most people have really never um, edited any podcasts or very many podcasts before they search out an editor. I mean, I edited over a hundred very badly before (laughs) hiring an editor, but then at least, holy moly, I told them what to do. I knew exactly I said, yes, you will run it through Auphonic. You absolutely will. I mean, if I'm doing that, you better believe that if I'm going to pay you, yeah, you should be doing that too, at the very least. So I think that's helpful. But if you don't know those things, I don't think you should be hiring somebody who charges by the hour because 60 minutes of work just means 60 minutes of work. It doesn't mean better or worse work. And so having packages, I think, is important. Some people charge the same amount, whether it's a single host or if you're interviewing somebody or you have a co-host. Some people charge more. Some people charge if it's a longer podcast. Some people charge more if it's a longer and with a co-host or if you're interviewing. Um, So I think it's important to know all the possibilities, Kayla, about what you could be doing and how other people are packaging it. And whether you consider those people, your competition or your colleagues, it's important to know what's out there because whoever's looking at you as possibly hiring you, they know what's out there. So you need to know what's out there too. And then you need to package your things in the way that you feel most comfortable. And this is another, most of the things that come out of my mouth uh, people don't agree with. And I'm just perfectly okay with that because I know that I'm right. But you just need to pick a price that you're comfortable with. And the right price, in my opinion, is the price that you can say with no hesitation and it just rolls off your tongue and you feel good about it. That's the right price. And you know what? That's not always going to be the same price. The price is going to go up over time. And you don't have to let the world know when your prices increase. My hairdresser does not let me know the day he's going to raise the prices. I just know that every year it's going to be more expensive. I don't get in an argument. I don't try to barter. That's it. So you pick the price that makes sense for you, that you feel good about. Start there and then raise it incrementally whenever you
0: want. And I'll just kind of expand on that in a different direction about the consistency between treating each client differently versus having packages. Is like I have like my base package covers everything, whether or not the client takes advantage of it. So I have some clients that want to like just listen one last time before it goes live. I have some that never want to hear it again. So based on what their specific needs are. I'm charging the same rates. There's a lot of like, I guess, giveaways or just things that are included. But each client gets a different experience based off of what they need. But then there are some things like I have one client who can't work ahead and has extremely short turnaround times. They're going to pay more for that quick turnaround time. But I have that all figured out. And then she followed up with the package doesn't include the things you don't want to do. Well, I don't do things I don't want to do.
2: Right. I don't need to put it in writing so that they know. I mean, it's right. You just, Mm -hmm. but you know what? But that's a really good question. That is actually a good question because, you know, you have to, we all have to decide what is it that we're willing to do? What is it that we want to do? I'm going to do this. 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 There's package one. Then package two is all of those things plus a couple of others, right? Just like you see all the time when you go to buy anything, there's different levels. And what do most people pick? The one in the middle. (laughs) Right? It's true.
0: And Apple actually, kind of a side note, had that's how they do their pricing model of that understanding. It's like, they'll have three options. They'll have like the one nobody wants for like super cheap. And then like $150 more is that middle package. And then the top one is only just a little bit like another $50. So it's like, I don't want that one. I want that middle one. Like, "Hmm." But it's only just that much more to get. So anyway, as far as do clients also, do you have clients that want to listen before it goes live to make all the edits? I will also kind of add to, you can have like your template for base package, but each client can have their own unique um, kind of package. So let's say like your base package is $500 a month, but this client wants a lot more hands-on and there's a lot more involved. Well, then their monthly package is $650. So you can tailor your pricing based on the client's needs, but still kind of build off of a base template.
1: Custom packages, Mm -hmm. always available. And
0: like... (laughs) Your clients are going to know that they're paying more than somebody else like or what somebody else is getting. So you can just like and if you just really like somebody, and you want to work with them and they can't pay as much. Yeah. You know, part of your compensation is the joy of working on that show.
1: So I'm, just, I'm trying to be mindful of time because Brian's not here. <laughs> Kayla has a good question that can put us back on topic. You don't need to ask a lot of questions on intake if you do your research.
2: Yes, that's 100% true. So you want to have some sort of intake form, some sort of something that some kind of questionnaire, five questions. It doesn't have to be long. I don't suggest it to be long. Something that gives you enough information that you have a body of facts, some things to go by before you get on the phone with them. Do they have a website? Do they have a podcast? Do they think that their YouTube channel is a podcast? You know, where are they, right? Because people are at all different types of of levels with these things. And so where are they? Are they just starting out? Do they understand how to use the equipment? Is this, are we starting totally from scratch? Do they have a business and now they want to have a podcast that helps in some way for that business? So because those are all, you know, different types of things. So for me, for example, my questionnaire is very short and I don't ask questions when I get on the phone. So it's interesting that you asked me for this podcast because um, I do not do sales calls. So I'll explain that (laughs) because, right, everything I do is opposite of the rest of the world. Well, yeah, yeah. But you're you. (laughs) <laughs> so, so the, the questionnaire is, you know, your name and what's your website if you have one. So if they don't have one, that's a very important piece of information. If they do have one, then I can check it out. If they have one and it goes to a 404, that's also some good information. If I ask for a website and they give me their Facebook page, that's another good piece of information. So there's a lot that can go into just one question, right? And then you can ask them, you know, a couple of social media things and then whatever questions based on whatever type of work you do. And then when people get on the phone with me, first of all, they know my price is ahead of time because it's on the intake form. So they know what my coaching is per month. It's right there in black and white. Sometimes they ask me because they don't... Look at it, but <laughs> it's there. And then I basically, you know, I will say, So, you know, I see that you wanted to talk with, about one on one coaching. Great. What can I help you with? And that is my hard sell right there. Because, you know what? If you don't want to buy my stuff, I'm okay with that. And if you do, I'm okay with that too. And if you do, I'm going to do the very best I can. I'm going to do 100% of everything I can possibly do for you to grow your business. I will do that. But what I'm not going to do is convince you to buy from me because then I'm going to have to be convincing you every step of the way. And I'm thinking about
1: the kinds of clients I've had when I did have to like maybe convince and I did not care for them
2: because they weren't in your target audience. They weren't. But but that all we kind of all we've all been there when everyone starts whatever their business is, you get people like that and that that's on us. That's all our fault. We did something to attract those people and we took them on and we shouldn't have for whatever reason we did. So that's that's on us and that gets back to knowing who your people are.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that has come down to at the beginning, you're just in growth mode and afraid to turn money away. So you'll take on a lot of shows that you shouldn't be taking on because you feel like you can't turn them away. And you're missing out on opportunities, which is actually quite the opposite. So if you take on a client that ends up being more work or just not your ideal or target client.
1: It's not fun. No, and you
0: waste a lot of time. <laughs> And a lot of mental energy.
1: Yeah. Whereas like the clients I have currently are a freaking joy. They like nobody has emailed me this week other than, you know, file. That's it. Right. They're not asking for extras. As a matter of fact, I had one client because I've been having like a lot of transition in my life. I, you know, was going to raise rates this year and I didn't. And my client actually emailed me and said it's time to increase what I pay you.
0: I love clients like that.
1: And I said, "How about twenty five percent?" And she said, "Okay, that's value of the right client. Mm-hmm. I think it really is. It's amazing."
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, uh, where where were you?
0: <laughs> Soaking it all in.
1: Uh, I wish I could keep you, Bonnie.
2: In your pocket? What I mean? Yeah,
1: (laughs) you know, when I just need a little boost. Um, But I guess that's what like your podcast and everything else is for.
2: (laughs) I'll just get on your sales calls for you. But Carrie, Carrie, sit down. All right, what's her name? Okay, let me just tell you. Let me tell you why you need to hire Carrie. Okay, are you writing this down? Because you should be taking notes. (laughs)
0: <laughs> can I just hire you to be my salesperson?
2: <laughs> you actually can hire
1: Bonnie. She won't do the yes. sales
0: for you, but
1: she will coach you through
0: what you need to I'll do. I'll teach you how to
2: do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if somebody wants to do that, how would they go about it?
2: They go to bit.ly forward slash talk to Bonnie.
0: Really? Wow. <laughs> okay.
2: That is right. Easy to say, easy to remember. And those are all my support chats. And so if they want a business breakthrough chat, that's 20 minutes. If they want to see the back end of my website and see how Kajabi runs, my entire business is on Kajabi. You can actually host your podcast on Kajabi. I do not. I use Libsyn, but you can. Uh, Anyway, everything else on my business is with Kajabi. We can hop on Zoom. You can sign up for a time for that. Or if you want to hire me, talk about one-on-one coaching. You can sign up for that. So that's where you go. What was that? Can you just say the website or the so Yeah, it's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash talk to Bonnie, just like it sounds, B-O-N-N-I-E. Bit.ly, talk to Bonnie.
0: And we'll be sure to put that in the show notes. So if you go to editorsmastermind.com, find this episode, it'll be there. Um, But it's, pretty easy to remember.
1: (laughs) All right. So tell us about your sales calls. What does that look like?
2: That is exactly what my sales calls look like. What questions do you have? How can I help you? And then they'll ask me some questions and I will answer them. And then I stop. I just pause. And there's an awkward silence because they're waiting for me to try to convince them Or to try to sell them or to do all the things that everyone else does, which I hate, which is why I do not do them. I am 100% okay with them walking away. I know whether or not I'm right for them. I know whether or not I could do a great job for them, but I am not going to convince them.
1: How are you so sure that you were right for them? Like, is that just because you've attracted the right person? Yes. Okay. That makes it easy. So you don't have to worry about red flags or
2: No, but I did when I, I did when I first started my business because I didn't know who my ideal person was. I didn't know who my ideal client avatar was. I really didn't. And um I worked and worked and worked and I thought I had it right at 12 months. And then I attracted two people that I knew were not in my target audience. I went back to the drawing board and I kept carving it out again. And at 14 months, so I had been doing my business for 14 months before I knew who my ideal client avatar was. And once I did, the money came a lot easier.
0: I love that because a lot of the fear of sales calls is... Comes from like the unknown, and are they the right person and trying to convince them and blah, 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 everything. You know, we hate about sales calls, but what you're saying is all that can be taken care of before you ever get on a call. And I love that.
1: So a lot of people just, you know, talk about their discomfort talking about rates and prices and asking for
2: money. You're not asking, you're telling, you're not asking them, you're simply saying, And you're not demanding, right? You don't have a sledgehammer. You're not demanding. You're not screaming in their face. You're simply saying, this is what it costs. That's it. When you go to Macy's to buy a shirt, (laughs) the price is the price. There's no negotiation. The price is the price. That's
1: it. And it sounds like, and this is kind of a a connection I hadn't made before is that since you were attracting your ideal client, they're not going to argue about the price.
2: Well, they might.
1: I know, but they're they're more going to pay it, right? Especially
0: if you're upfront, because like what Bonnie's saying, like her pricing's right there. Well, if it's not a good fit, they can filter themselves out before they ever get on the call.
2: Right. And at the very beginning, when I was starting my business, I did not... I knew I wanted to have an online business. I didn't realize I was going to be a coach. The reason why I started to become a coach, which is why I do not do sales calls, is because I was trying to find a coach for me, and I interviewed 25 coaches. Now, that's insane. Nobody does that. (laughs) (laughs) That's insanity. And I, probably three of them were not the right type of coach. I wasn't hundred percent sure what type of coach. So I'll just, so let's say 22. I hated all of them. I hated all 25. And it wasn't that there was necessarily something wrong with them, but none of those people should have been coaching. Oh, wow. They tried to convince me. They tried to basically gaslight me they tried to make me feel bad because of what i had done before or because i wasn't going to hire them or because i was like that is a lot of money or whatever it was i had and trust me i this happens to women a lot daniel daniel's head is about to explode <coughs> i this happens to women a lot especially you know 10 years ago i had people say Well, you know, you could look around your house and have a garage sale. I had people tell me to open up credit cards and charge it. I had people tell me to go to my bank and get a loan. That behavior is unconscionable, in my opinion. And I know how it made me feel. And I was like, whoa, okay, hold on a minute. We are changing the rules here. Now I'm not only going to have a business, now I'm going to be a coach because I can't make you all stop. This was a conversation I was having in my head as I continued to talk to these people. I was like, oh my God, now I have to do this because I have to provide an alternative. I can't make them stop. The only thing I can do is provide an alternative. That's what I did.
0: That's amazing.
1: It
2: really is. I
1: love it when people get angry and take action. <laughs> well, I was going to
2: get angry either way, so. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But it goes back to, you know, kind of what Kayla was asking about and my response to her. When you feel, when you really do feel comfortable with your prices, you're not, there is no asking. There's no asking. There's no cajoling. There's no begging. There's no headlocks. There's No convincing. It's just, that's what it is. That's what it is.
0: I'm like, pretty sure we've talked about raising rates in the past. So if you are struggling with raising your rates or whatever, go back and listen to that episode. Um, A lot of good information there as well. Because yeah, it's, I mean, just think about like, kind of like what you're saying with Macy's or your hairdresser or anybody else. When they raise their prices, they don't ask if it's okay. That's just their rate. And you have a decision to make.
2: Either buy it or don't.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it.
2: Yeah. You know, people ask me all the time, well, how do I know when it's time to raise my rates? When you feel like raising your rates, raise your rates. It just it's your business. You are the only one who needs to decide. You do not need to send an email to your list and letting them know when you're going. No. I mean, you can if you want and say, hey, you know, rates are going to go up, you know, in the next two weeks. If you want to lock in now, you know, that's certainly a great way to it's a win-win. That's wonderful if you want to do that. If you want to have some people, you know, be grandfathered in at a certain rate for whatever reason, you can do that. And just like Daniel said before, you don't need to know what everyone else is paying. You only need to worry about what you're paying. I
1: love that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I think right now, everybody should be raising their rates because everything in the grocery store is $7. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Do you do anything special after? So say somebody said yes or somebody says no, because I guess you could do it either way. Do you do any follow-up? Like what is...
2: Yeah, so after I get off the phone with them, I send them an email right afterwards, which basically goes through the different things we had discussed and goes through exactly, essentially what I told them on the phone. And my thing is, you know... They know ahead of time what it's going to cost. I tell them what it's going to cost. It's kind of like writing a five paragraph essay, right? You tell them what you're going to tell them, (laughs) then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them, right? It's the exact same thing. So then in the follow up email, I'm telling them again what the prices are. And I do not send an invoice unless they tell me to send an invoice. I don't even bother because. We should not make purchases with emotion, but we do, right? I said that at the beginning. We do. (laughs) And so if they're not emotionally ready to say yes, to literally pull the trigger and say, yeah, go ahead and send me the invoice, then they definitely are not going to be hiring me. They definitely are not ready for me. And maybe they're not even going to do whatever it was they said they wanted to do. Maybe they didn't really want to do it, or maybe they're just not ready today, so I'm not going to send it. And I always say, okay, no problem. I'm not going anywhere. You know where to find me. Let me know when you're ready. That's it. And then I'll go back through my list of, I, I use Calendly for my um, calls. I don't call them discovery calls because they're not discovering anything. Everything's already there. <laughs> so, and if you listen to five minutes of me talk, this is how I am 24 hours a day. So it's it doesn't matter if, You know, I'm speaking from a stage or I'm on a podcast, mine or someone else's, or I'm having coffee with you. This is exactly what I'm like. So, you know, they already know what that's going to feel like working with me. And then I will go through my list, all of my Calendly people, people who I've either worked with before, they get one email, or who I haven't worked with, but they have had some sort of call like that. Then they'll get another email about you know, hey, just circling back, you know, something one-on-one coaching, or maybe I've got a program that's coming up, Business Fabulous Academy. Maybe I think they might be ready for that. Something like that.
1: So is there like, what's the length of time um, when you circle back? Like, how long has it been usually? Or is it just whenever you feel like it? It
2: is kind of whenever I feel like it, which is probably a couple of months because people feel very differently about sales. They definitely do. And I love Grant Cardone. I follow him. He's a very sharp guy, but I am not into his sales approach. And I've had his team try to hit me up. They used to, he and his team hopped in my periscopes all the time. They hopped in my blabs all the time. Um, You know, so I've had a very interesting relationship with him, but I approach sales in a very different way. I mean, I know the list of objections. I have that list, right? I've had people use that list on me. That's no, I don't deal with that at all. I'm not going to combat your objections. If you object, you object. Don't that's okay. Don't hire me. That's okay. I think
1: like there are a lot of people
2: (laughs) who may like that may
1: kind of blow their mind.
2: Yes. Again, nodding. Sorry. Um, silence yeah. <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah. Dead, dead sound, Bonnie. Yeah. And I am a podcaster, which is not. Um, yeah. you One would think that I would know, but um, uh, yes. But once again, it's your business. You can do whatever you want and you can attack sales and approach sales and do sales calls or not do sales calls any way you want. This is just what I happen to be comfortable with.
1: I like it so much, but we are just about out of time. So any like final pieces of advice or um, just maybe like stop doing that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) If um if you want to chat, I give support chats. They are not sales calls. I do not. You know, it's simply you tell me a little bit about your business. This is the business breakthrough call, bit.ly forward slash talk to Bonnie, and you choose the business breakthrough. You tell me a little bit about your business, and I give you some ideas on how you and your business could move forward, whether that's a podcast or a business or your social media or whatever it is. And then there may be an awkward bit of silence where you're waiting for me to try to sell you on something and I simply don't. Hi Lee. <laughs> um, and that's it. And I'll be like, oh, that's all, you know, you have any more questions? Okay, great.
0: That's
1: fantastic.
2: Yeah. Th- I mean,
1: this has been an absolute pleasure, Bonnie.
2: Oh, thank you. It was really fun. No, I'm I'm thrilled when Carrie asked, I'm like, yay, I'm gonna be on Carrie's. Yay! <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. I
1: uh, there's just so much. Like I knew that you were just gonna bring it and you certainly did. And it and and it's a lot of fun to chat with you about this stuff. I would love to thank the podcast editor academy for sponsoring this episode. Thank you very much, guys. If you want to get your first 31 days free at the podcast editor academy, and I don't know how long this deal's gonna be around. So you- You know, I would snag it up if you're sitting on it. Podcasteditorsacademy.com. Use the code YETIS, Y-E-T-I-S at checkout. And we'll see you there. Bonnie, where can
2: people find you
1: if they... So choose one... I mean, I know you've already said, (laughs) but one more time for the people in the back.
2: If you want to talk with me, you can go to bit.ly forward slash talk to Bonnie. If you... Want to head over to TikTok. You can find me at Bonnie L. Frank on TikTok. And I'm really hanging out there a lot. I'm really enjoying TikTok a lot and kind of kicking myself that I wasn't on there about two years (laughs) earlier. But it's, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I will say this, simply mentioning that I have a podcast increases my downloads every time. On TikTok.
1: I'm going to remember that. I don't know, Daniel. We're going to, to start
2: TikTok.
0: I know. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, but probably need to like get on it, like Bonnie's saying. And if you would be just as excited as Bonnie is to come talk to Carrie or any of us and want to be a guest on the show, please go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest, fill out the form, and we will get back to you. And that, if you're an expert like Bonnie... Or if you are have questions and you want to workshop it and just mastermind with us and get help on whatever you're struggling with. Either way, send the form. We'd love to have you on the show.
1: And that is enough out of us. <laughs> I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yahyapodcasting.com or follow me at Carrie Eric
0: on Instagram. I'm Daniel Abendroth. You can find me at Rothmedia.audio. Don't bother following us on Instagram yet, but that could be changing pretty soon. And unfortunately, Brian Ismere couldn't join us tonight. But if you are feel so inclined, you can find him at TopTierAudio.com or on the socials at TopTierAudio.
1: And again, our guest was Bonnie Frank. And you can find her at BonnieLFrank.com or, you know, just go back and hit, and hit the show <laughs> notes. And a million times I asked her, like, where can I find you? Okay. All right, everybody. <laughs> We'll see you in two weeks.
0: Bye. Ah, um, uh, so how much is that? Um.